Ladies and gentlemen, how do you are listening to the Synapse Films Podcast, a journey into the world of Synapse Films. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Susie Banyan decided to perfect her ballet studies in the most famous school of dance in Europe. The killer is coming. The killer's gonna get you. I'm just crazy about this store. I've been expecting you. You thought Iron Maiden was a heavy metal band. <laughs> I'll drink my flavor. Welcome to the Synapse Films Podcast. I am Timo Sabin. Some folks in the horror community know me as Timo. I will be your host on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Greetings, friends, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. I trust you are all well, happy, healthy, and safe. So the last episode was a bit of a different episode. We were reporting back from Flashback Weekend up in Rosemont, Illinois, next to Chicago. So I brought a field recorder out, and we sat down behind the table uh, and talked to a few of the special friends and fans of Synapse Films. And uh, we are now heading to Horror Hound Weekend in Cincinnati. Now, my plan for Horror Hound is to sit down with Don May Jr. and talk to him We haven't been able to have Don on the podcast yet. He is what we refer to in the business as busy. So if he stops and starts talking to us and having a good conversation with us, he is not busy with his work that he needs to get done in order for all of us to enjoy uh, the restorations and the films that Synapse puts out. Now, that plan included for that to be the next episode, the episode you are listening to right now. However, that would put a lot of time between the last episode and this one, and I like to keep things moving. We like to keep having episodes out for our fans and friends to enjoy. So, that being said, I spoke to Jerry. Jerry made a suggestion. Jerry said, well, the last episode we did... We talked to friends and fans of Synapse at uh, Flashback. Uh, The next episode after this one, hopefully, as long as everything goes well, and these days you never know what's going to get canceled or who won't be able to come or whatnot, but if all goes well, uh, next episode we'll be talking to Don May Jr. So this episode, Jerry said, why don't you tell the fans how you met us, how you came to be the host of the Synapse Films podcast. How did you meet us? He also suggested that I replay a conversation that Jerry and I had on my previous podcast, but we'll get to that here in a second. So, to make a short story long, I'm a musician, as I have stated before, but I think on the first episode. I played a band called Fragile Porcelain Mice and a band called Ultraman here in the St. Louis area. Both bands have been around for 30 plus years. Both bands are original material, bands that have put out records, CDs, everything. So um, in that time, we have both bands have made a decent name for ourselves. I've always played music, always loved it. Uh, It's what I do okay, well enough to get paid for it, I guess. But my real first love has always been film, uh, movies, particularly horror films, but really I consider horror films my gateway drugs 
leading me to everything from silent films to westerns to just things that I really wasn't paying attention to before I got into the horror films. What's interesting is I, I picked up a guitar at five years old and that's about four or five years old was about when I started really getting into monsters and horror films and things like that. Now, of course, you know, we all came up on the old black and white, the universal films, which I still absolutely love and adore all those films. Eventually, as the years rolled on, I would become intrigued. Oh, the people who actually made this movie made that movie. That movie happens to not be a horror film, but it's the same people and same actors. Isn't that interesting? Well, of course, I think most of you listening probably have a similar story, at least as far as the movie part. Maybe you didn't pick up a guitar at five. So my life has been a parallel thing between movies and music. My first professional music gig was when I was 14 years old at a grade school playing, uh, playing at their end of year dance. I was 14. By the time I was 20, 21 years old, I was headlining, or my band, not me personally, but my band, uh, Fragile Porcelain Mice, was headlining thousand seat clubs. Of course, by that time, you have real money involved and everything else, so you have managers and all of that. And I always recall my managers asking me, like, what's your end game? What do you want to do? You know, they always want to pick your mind. What's, what, why are you in this? Why are you, do, are you doing this? Are you just doing this? For glamour, are you just doing it for money? Are you doing it for artistic reasons? And the funny thing is, is the gut answer I would always give is, I would like to use music as a springboard into film somehow because it's really what I love to do. I always said that, and I really always meant it. Well, about 15 years ago, I decided to dip my toe in that water and try something. So I contacted a local movie company uh, in the area called Hack Movies. I just found these guys on the internet. I didn't know anything about them. I was searching, I did a literal search for movie companies in the St. Louis area, and these guys popped up. Now, this stuff was the most offensive horror comedy shot on VHS video, like a cross between porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, South Park and John Waters, which, <laughs> what is that, you know? So that was hack movies. There was a lot of energy there, though. These guys were having fun, and they, and they wanted to put stuff out, and I could feel that. One thing I learned from all the years of performing and playing music is there's a couple things you look for. One, do people get things done? Do they actually put stuff out, even if what they put is shit? Even if they put out shit, do they put out stuff? Do they get things done? Do they achieve their vision? And the energy that I saw with Kevin Strange and Hack Movies was enough for me to contact them. Luckily, I'd made a name for myself enough in music. They were aware of who I was. They invited me out, and I started acting in their little movies and shorts, and I started doing some music for them, even did a little location. I mean, anything. If you're on a micro-budget film, everybody knows this. You're all doing something. You're all pitching in. So that was great, and that was fun, and it was silly, and I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the type of films they were doing, but I sure enjoyed being in front of a camera with other people and learning what it was like to actually be on that side of it, and also learning I'm not a good actor. <laughs> I'm not, you know, so um, that was great to learn that because it sort of said, okay, well, I'm not a great actor, but this is sure a lot of fun. And also, 
that was my that was my gateway into the convention world. So Hack Movies started doing conventions, and Kevin and I became uh, partners more in the conventions. Um, it was his company. I helped a lot. Uh, other people helped a lot too with different things. So start doing conventions, and you know when we started, boy, was it surreal. It was so surreal because. You grow up and you're, and even though I was in entertainment and stuff, I was in music, but I loved movies. So it, it was the fascinating thing behind the curtain to me. And to start meeting all these actors that you grew up seeing at these conventions, it just became surreal. And then you start to befriend some of these people. And boy, isn't it? It's just great. It's just really cool. It wasn't just those people that I found really fascinating, though. It was also the vendors as well as us because we were vending. We were vending hack movie stuff. Well, Synapse Films, another movie company, although not the same, they weren't necessarily producing the films, but they were putting out catalog titles and older films and restoring them and everything. Haha, <laughs> that is what I love. Love those older films from the 1980s on back. And that was Synapse Films' forte. That's really it. I would, uh, when I had a slow, slow time at the hack movies table. If there wasn't a lot of people there, I'd, I'd walk around as we all do at the conventions. Even if we're vending, if it's slow, we'll go look around at other people's stuff. I would always stop by and start talking to Jerry. That's really it. Uh, we started, actually, I think our first conversation, I remember our first conversation. It was about football, the NFL. And he, we talked about, he's from the Detroit area. So we would talk about the lions and, you know, and all that. And uh, he probably doesn't even remember that, but I do remember that. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, I do believe he said he lived a couple blocks away from Barry Sanders, which really got us talking about, about football and things like that. Amazingly enough, my, my first re re recollection of talking to Jerry Chandler was not about talking about any movies whatsoever. It was talking about Barry Sanders. So Hack Movies goes on for a few years, gets a nice little cult reputation following uh, and then splits up. Kevin Strange, the owner of Hack Movies, he started writing books. He started writing uh, what was known as bizarro fiction. Uh, for instance, I think he has one story where President Obama is a, is a robot and starts attacking the world or something. So pretty, pretty wild, crazy shit. Um, you know, basically it was funny too because Kevin said, you know, these micro-budget films, they're fun and they're, and they're crazy and they're zany. He's like, but if I write a book, I, I don't have a budget constraint. You know, there's things I want to do I can't do. And I actually really respected that. So a um, little side note. Last couple of conventions, and actually this year, I believe, Kevin has been on like a world tour reopening uh, hack movies to the world. Uh, he has been bringing some of our my fellow cast members to shows uh, and selling the movies. I, I'm not sure, but I think he might be even trying to produce a new hack movie. So, uh, Kevin, you got my phone number, so let me know if you... Uh, if you need a glorified cameo <clears throat> or a lead role, uh, I'm still here and, and still can't act. So I'm perfect for the part, whatever part that may be. So, um, so when Kevin started writing books, I didn't have, I didn't have a reason to go to the conventions anymore. And I had made all, this whole new world of friends and, and I didn't really know what to do. And since I'm a musician, I have recording gear. I record demos for myself and music and things like that. And I thought, hey, wait a minute. Why don't, instead of creating art 
And like, I always wanted to do film and movies and stuff, but doing hack movies made me realize I'm perfect for this kind of stuff, but I am not a Shakespearean actor. I am not going to be, I'm not going to be threatening Laurence Olivier's reputation anytime soon, we'll put it that way. But instead of trying to continue to struggle and create art, why not comment on it? I mean, really, my strength is knowledge of the movie's um, I mean, taste is subjective, of course, but that's fun discourse to me. I don't like political discourse and people arguing about stuff, but something that's not super important to anyone's well-being <laughs> is, is like how good a movie is or not. It's just fun. It's just entertainment. And we can, uh, we can discuss that and debate it. And I enjoy that. It's fun. I learn a lot from doing that. So I thought, Hey, what about a podcast? I can record it real easy. It's for a guy who, for anybody who records or is an audio engineer, knowing that you can put two microphones up and record it, it's got to be the easiest thing in the world to do. So, um, I was friends with Joel Robinson, the artist Joel Robinson. Most of you listening probably know Joel, and Joel had a friend that I had befriended uh, by the name of of Ben Harley. And Ben Harley is a uh, uh, he's a wrestler uh, wrestling manager up in Toledo, and he does a uh, he's a screen printer the, the screen printing factory up in Toledo. So we had a pretty good um, well, let's put it this way: we talked a few times at the conventions because uh, we met through Joel, and really learned that we had uh, similar taste for the same movies and and this and that. So. I thought, well, hey, let's 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 try let's try a podcast, and I'm going to try it with with Ben Harley. So there is the Tim Owen Harley show. So for ten years, for every week, Ben Harley and myself would pick out a movie or two, discuss it, discuss life, our, our lives, you know, whatever, and and we did a podcast for ten years. Um, so our podcast was coming to an end, and once again. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, one of the last episodes, not really one of the last, but toward the end, I think a couple months or so before the Tim Owen Harley show was ending, we did a three-part interview uh, segment. For like three weeks, we had we split up a real long conversation I did with Jerry about Synapse and some of the movies they put out. So it was great. It was absolutely great. It was right around the holidays. So basically for like a Christmas season, we split up this real long interview into three different episodes. And I got to tell you, besides my friend Mark Diamond from the Dwarves, who you've already heard in the show, he's, he's very perfect to, to be on a show like this talking about films. Besides Mark, I really thought that Jerry was my biggest success as far as having an interview guy or having a conversation. Now, anyone who listened to, to the Timon Harley show also knew we did have a third person who was an also a co-host. That was Danny Hicks. Danny Hicks was Jake from Evil Dead 2, and he was Bill Roberts from Synapse's release, Intruder. And Danny would always talk to me about the wonderful job that Synapse did with Intruder. Me and Danny were best friends. We did music together. Danny was an actor. He did what I always wanted to do. I was a musician, and he always wanted to be a musician. So Danny brought me into his world. Uh, I was an extra in some films that he was doing later in his career. Uh, as a friend, he would bring me on set. And they, of course, if you're on set and they need an extra body, they're going to use you. You know, So... 
and I brought him in and we recorded records together under the band name, the Timo and Danny Hicks Brain Invasion. My drummer and fragile porcelain mice now, uh, Ian Baird, Sir Ian Baird, uh, helped out with that, played drums and helped me produce the songs and, and this and that and record, record Danny. Um, so uh, Danny Hicks, Ben Harley, Tim on Harley show, uh, through that whole time, I'm getting to know Jerry better and better and better. We're becoming friends. I know Don too. I'm not trying to, to forget Don in this, uh, but I just always knew Jerry more than, than Don. I got along with Don. He's a nice guy. I like him a lot. I love the work he does. Absolutely love the work he does. And I can't wait to talk to him about that. But me and Jerry just, we hit it off. And most of the time, because uh, I wasn't at their table a lot because I was at my table. <laughs> I was at the Tim and Harley show table. They were at their table. And Don isn't as much of a partier at night. And Jerry would stay up a little bit, hang out and talk to folks. And that's when I would see him more. So there you go. So that's kind of how I knew Jerry a little bit better. But I digress. So <laughs> after the Tim and Harley show ended and I had just done this great interview with Jerry and actually the last show too, I had a great interview. Also a great conversation with Mark Diamond from the Dwarves. And I really felt like I wanted to keep doing a podcast of some sort, but not not the same thing, something a little different. And thinking about it, well, what did I do really well? What went really well with, with the old podcast? Jerry came up right away. It was immediate. And I thought, why don't I just call Jerry and ask him, why don't you have a podcast and why aren't you having me do it? And that's more or less what I did. I called him and I said, Jerry, I... I think you guys need a podcast and I, I want to do it. And, you know, part of that was Jerry and I have such a good rapport. Uh, it's, and, and that was proven with that very, very long interview that I thought this is staring me right in the face. It's right in the face. And then, you know, I could have Mark Diamond come on and talk about some things because he enjoys the films that Synapse puts out too and things. And it was like, uh, how perfect. So, uh, Jerry liked the idea and he talked to Don about it. I called Don and talked to Don, um, discussed the idea with everyone from their publicist to uh, their, their webmaster. Um, all nice people, by the way. This is a great team of people. I'd, I'd only knew Jerry and I knew Don a little bit. I mean, so I didn't know the rest of this team at all. I knew Ryan Olson a little bit. I'd met him at, at the, at the uh, conventions. I liked Ryan a lot, of course. We got along really well. Two, two musician movie nerds. We can't not like each other. It's just the way it is. So Jerry liked the idea, and, and you know, I, I went right to work immediately, uh, started putting it together. And I, I got to be honest, like so far, this is only the fourth episode. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying it. I, I let them thank everybody for listening. I want to thank everybody who's come up to the table and said a nice thing. Uh, to me or to Jerry or anyone else, it really it really means a lot. Again, we're this is the fourth episode. We're still finding our footing here, seeing what works and everything. And and my goal is to just to constantly keep evolving and and getting better and better and more fun and entertaining for everybody. So and again, like I said, please please send me an email, Tim at synapsefilms.com. Please, if if uh, if you have a suggestion or an idea, or one of the titles you'd like to hear, even hear us talk about, or question about, like one of the titles or the transfers or anything like that, please feel free to email because I I really want this to be an open thing for the fans to feel like they're part of this. Because if you listen to Jerry in the show, I mean, come on, how can you not understand at this point that he loves you all, and so does Don, and they both also love the movies just like you and I do as well. 
and that they're doing this because it's what they would want someone to do for them. How can you not respect that? I do for sure. And I am a physical media collector myself. So there's a long-winded explanation of me a little bit more than I have given before, how I met Jerry and Don and why I'm here and why I'm talking to you right now. Now, part of that I did mention on my old podcast that I did a very long, very good interview with Jerry, uh, which was one of the reasons that made me think about doing this show in the first place. Well, Jerry also had a great idea where he said, hey, uh, how about you play that old interview? And, you know, at first I was like, I really don't want to because that was my old podcast. This is a new one. And I want to leave it alone. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, it really was good. And it's really things that we haven't touched on a whole lot on the show yet. So what the way the old uh, interview was split up, the way I split it up, because remember, I split it up into three parts. So there was one part. That was basically about the history of Synapse. There was another part that explained how they how they go about getting titles and how about uh, like you know uh, getting the rights to the titles. Why does it take a long time? Sometimes put them out. Blah blah blah. This and that. And the other one was uh, Jerry and I actually speaking about some of their indie titles, which Jerry really, really, that's his specialty. He loves those those indie titles that they find the newer films that that haven't found a home yet uh, distribution wise. So this is what I thought we would do. Jerry said, hey, we'll play, play, play the old interview. I'm going to, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play one third of it right now. And I'm going to put the other two, two thirds in my back pocket to use at a later date, not too far down the road, but you'll hear them eventually. But just in the interest of time, I mean, I've already been a pretty long winded right now about this. So let's play. I just thought it made more sense if we would play the part of the interview where Jerry talks about how him and Don met and how Synapse got started. It's thought a perfect, perfect part of the interview to play uh, first up on this podcast. Um, so we've never really discussed that a whole lot on this podcast yet. So I thought, hey, let's play that because we pretty much cover all the bases. Um, one little thing. This was an old podcast. And I recorded the audio a little different. The audio on this is not perfect. You may hear some buzzings and things or something like that. Your speakers are not blown. There was some digital anomalies in the recording process that was, it was, uh, wasn't correct. I, I apologize for that. Uh, hopefully it won't be too distracting, but, um, but it's there. And I just wanted to mention it. It's not an issue with your you know, do not adjust your set. <laughs> it is not you. It's on my end. So I hope you enjoy it. And here is Jerry Chandler and myself discussing the origins of Synapse Films on my old podcast, The Timbo and Harley Show. Here you go. Well, let's get to... Uh, couple questions I had. Now, I'm, these are legit questions that I'm curious about, and I don't think we've ever really talked about. Um, tell me how, how did you and Don get involved? How did Synapse uh, start? What was the genesis of all this? Oh, my God. I was hoping I would never hear that question again. <laughs> I don't know. I never asked you. Maybe that's why. <laughs> I mean, we've been in this business now for 26 years. And uh, about 15 years ago, a professor of f film at Wayne State 
uh, was doing some kind of project, uh, a, sh a short film or whatever, and he decided, you know, he was a huge fan of what we do, and he got a hold of us because Wayne State is in Detroit, mm -hmm. the, the college, and we're in the Detroit area. So he got a hold of us and actually shot a movie called The Synapse Story. And it's on YouTube. If anyone's ever interested, it's broken into four parts. But it's an actual, uh, you know, answer to your question. But, you know, if anyone's really interested in that, uh, they can go to YouTube. Again, it's called The Synapse Story. I'll give you the short version okay. of it. Okay. 150,000 years ago, <laughs> there used to be a magazine called Fangoria. Yes. And it was just starting in the early 80s, I'm going to say, or yeah. late 70s, something yeah. like that. All I remember is, I, you know, I was a horror fan, and I remember growing up in the Detroit area, and every Wednesday I grabbed the newspaper, and, they ch and we're talking the 1960s. I would turn to the movie section and I would see the beautiful black and white pictures of all the horror films that were playing in downtown Detroit theaters. And I'm like less than 10 and I'm begging my mom, <laughs> please, baby, this, I want to see Don't Open the Window. Look, there's a, a hand. And, it's got <laughs> and my mom would say, I'm not taking it. It's too dangerous to go down to those theaters and blah, 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 blah. So you move the clock ahead, and they come out with Fangoria magazine. And like I used to read Famous Monsters of Filmland when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I start buying Fangoria. Now I, I'm not sure of the exact date, so it's all fuzzy. But I think I was graduating college and starting to work in my first uh, business, which was a steel business, and. I'd buy every issue, and there was, at the back of the magazine, some of you may remember, there was always uh, subscriber uh, classifieds, and they had a little note saying, buy a subscription and get a free subscriber ad. So every year, I would get one, and my ad would be to say hi to somebody I had met in the business or something like this. But one year, I think it was in eighty or 86, something like that. I don't know. It was the early days the beta player had just came out. Mm. And it was already on the speed beta 2 and beta 3 on players, not beta 1 anymore, because those players were like 400 pounds and they were awful. Uh, so I bought one and I hooked up HBO and I, I actually taped the very first Star Trek movie and it was like, oh, my God, I'm holding a movie in my hand, a whole movie from beginning to end. And I can watch this anytime I want. <laughs> so I've always been a collector of things at heart. And I started collecting movies, you know, uh, anything that would be on HBO, mm -hmm. I would take. Mm -hmm. Whether I liked it or not, just because, look, I got now I got another movie. Mm hmm. So one year, I think it was like 85, 86, my subscriber ad was movie trader, your list gets mine. And it gave my address, name and address. So I get a letter. Now I'm sitting here. This is, let's see, Don is like 51 or 52. So figure, this is 38 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
at least. I got the letter still in my desk right here. <laughs> I found it years ago. And it's from Don. He's like uh, 14 years old. And he says, hey, my name's Don May, and here's my list. Is there anything on it you want? Send me your list, and we can trade. That's how I met Don. So the years go by. Him and I are become best friends. We're traders, best friends and shit. And I said, why don't you come up and visit? Now that you're 18 or whatever, come up and visit. So he did. And him and my girlfriend pick him up at the airport, and he spent the weekend there. And now we're, the friendship is really cemented, right? So he, let's see, he goes to college and I'm already done. Uh, I'm in, I started my, I had left the steel company and I started my own steel business and he gets through college, goes to work for a laser disc store and he's contacted by somebody he does business with and they get, they have discussions over a, a period of time. And they decide to form elite entertainment. And the first thing they go after is Night of the Living Dead. And I'm sure everybody knows that story. Mm -hmm. So elite went on for a couple of years. They wanted to borrow money from me because I was doing very well in the steel business. And I told Don, you know what, if it was you or whatever, I just, I'm not particularly fond of your, your partner. He just seems a little, uh, and Don goes, yeah, I know what you mean. And so I never lent them money. They were, uh, it was for their dawn of the dead. Sure enough, three years later, I'm going to make the long story very short. I don't know how much of this I'm supposed to talk about not. But Don called me up because I was his best friend. And he said, look, I go out to L.A. to work all the time. Every time I come back to New Jersey where our office is, you know, there's these things that make me scratch my head. And I'm not going to go into detail. But... He got a hold of my brother-in-law who used to work for the IRS and he's also a lawyer. And he told Don, bring over all the financial paperwork you could find and fly to Detroit, bring it. Let's take, let me take a look at it. And of course they see there's all kinds of irregularities. Yeah. Huge amounts <laughs> of money just disappearing uh -huh. and whatever. Don's not a businessman. Don's uh -huh. a technician. He's uh -huh. probably the best in the world at what he does. Uh -huh but he's not a businessman. So he's trusting and he, you know, he didn't know, but in the meantime, he's getting paid pennies and his partner and the wife and the kids and everybody, they're living like kings. And again, his ex partner was supposed to be the business end. So the lawyer tells Don, our third partner, I should say, Charles tells Don, look, you got to get out of that company. You, you just got to get either it gets handed over to you or you got to leave one way or the other. This, there's so much trouble brewing because of what this person's done. It's not safe for you to stay, meaning you could end up in jail. So I said to Don, so we confront the partner. The partner says, I'll give you the entire company. Please don't, don't put me in jail. Of course, and also the, the partner's accountant, the person who is doing the accounting for elite was in cahoots with the Don's partner. So they said, we'll turn the entire company over to you and we'll fade out in the, you'll never hear from us again. And Don goes, okay, let's do that. And then I called Don and I said, look, man, if you do it that way, you're never going to escape the taint. Meaning sooner or later, the people who license uh, uh, elite may want 
royalties or they may do an audit to see where that money is. And then he's gone and you're left holding the bag. He got all the money and you're, you have all the responsibility. I said, yeah, it's an established company, elite entertainment. Everybody knows who they are. And it's terrible to tear something apart. It's much easier to tear it down than to build something new back up. But I said, Don, I think you can do it. And it'll be clean. So we told them, no, you keep elite. And where is elite today? It's basically gone. Right. But if you could appreciate the, the mountain, the hurdle, we had to climb. He left the the foremost name in collecting horror. He left that company. They did Nightmare on Elm Street. They did Night Dawn. Look at all the great movies they did. And he had to come and start from scratch with nothing. And I think we've done quite a job considering where he came from and where we are today. And the fact that where he left is the dustbin of history, and we're still going strong. So we're going to do a new company. Well, the lawyer and Don, they're forming a new company. And uh, I said, hey, you know, what are we going to call it? Whatever. I came up with the name Synapse because I just thought it was smart. You know, your brain has synapses that fire all the time. And we're sitting around thinking of what to do for Don. Let's call it Synapse Film. Right? Right. So... They get the paperwork ready and they hand me something to sign. I'm not, I'm going to loan Don some money. And I, you know, my father, God bless him. He's still, he's 96. He's still around. He's oh my. been my, my, uh, my confidant, my, my goat, my conciliary, my entire life. <laughs> so I told my dad, I'm going to loan my friend this money. And my dad goes, okay, I understand. He goes, you realize the chances are you're never going to get the money back. I said, of course I realize that, Dad. I said, but, you know, I've been doing very well in the steel business. This is not going to really affect my life. I want to do something nice for somebody. I don't get many opportunities in my life to do something nice. Mm -hmm. So Don, is a, I've known him since he was a kid. He ran into this terrible thing that happened, and I want to give him some money. And if, if he can't pay me, no big deal, whatever. So I tell Don that, and I tell Charles that, the lawyer. I said, I'm going to loan this money, but if he can't pay it back, the hell with it. We're just going to give him a chance to get on his feet. If he can't pay me back, awesome. So a couple days later, Charles comes over. Don's still at my house, and he goes, okay, you got to sign the papers. I said, no. What are you talking about? I'm not signing any papers. He goes, Jerry, no, we got papers here. You got to sign I said, I told you, I'm giving him this money. If he could pay me back, fine. If he can't, fine. I'm not signing any papers. Don goes, Jerry, sign the fucking papers. So I pick it up and I look. I said, oh, no, 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 no. And they look at me. What are you saying no to? I said, I'm not taking half the company. <laughs> I said, I'm doing this for God. This is God's company. I'm trying to do something nice. I'm not buying in. I'm lending him the money. And Don looks at me and he goes, Dude, I appreciate it, but I can't run the fucking company by myself. <laughs> I got, I got to create. That's what I do. He's gonna, he, he goes, who's going to run this company while I'm in LA? Who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to be the business? He said, I need you. Uh -huh. I said, okay, well, that's a different story. 
okay, if, if you really need me, then I'll be your partner. I said, as long as I, you understand, I'm not asking for something in exchange for lending you the money. He goes, I get it. I get it. Shut the fuck up already. I don't care about that. I need a partner. Okay. So I said, Charles, you, you're, you're going to be in too. We gave him a little percentage so he wouldn't charge Don any legal fees because there was a lot of work getting him out of elite and making sure that the taint of elite didn't wash on him. And Don didn't have the money to pay because he wasn't getting paid as well as his partner was. <laughs> right. So, you know, so that's how the three of us came into being. And our first two titles were Dario Argento's World of Horror and Document of the Dead. And that's how we met Roy Frumkis, who's one of the greatest people in this industry. You know, it's funny. There's a lot of average people that you do business with. and They don't make uh, much of a mark on your, your mind, much of an impression. But then there's a certain percentage of people in this business that are absolutely hated by everybody in the industry and another group that's absolutely loved. And it shows you, you know, you could say no to people, uh, whatever, but you could be a decent person and it's appreciated. Or you could be a rat, an absolute curmudgeon, and achieve like the same things and just be hated by everybody. And it's weird that people choose the routes they choose. And of course, I could give you names of all the horrible people that are despised, but I'm not going to. Right, right, right. <laughs> but some of the great, wonderful people is like a Roy Frumkis. He's uh -huh. just one of the sweetest people I ever met. You know, he's just really a great guy. So we met him, and then he gave us street trash, and we've we've like a street trash. I don't ever have to worry about somebody coming and, and taking the license from me because our relationship with Roy is so close. It would just never happen. So that's the story of how Synapse started. Aren't you sorry you asked? <laughs> no, I was absolutely fascinated. I knew that Don had something to do with elite. That's what I knew. And then I knew that, that, that this company Synapse had come from that somehow. I did not know that story at all. Now I know. I'm glad I know now. Now I don't have to ask you again, see? Now I have it on I have it recorded. So if I ever if I ever want to know again, I can just go back to my Mac and go, How do those guys get together again? And I'll sit down and I'll but, I'll have my glass of wine and I'll listen to you tell it again. <laughs> you know, you know, you could you could tell why I, I don't like talking about it. In, in this particular situation, I came through to help a friend sure. and blah, blah, blah. It's interesting. But when I tell the story, it sounds very self-serving. And, you know, my ego is is small in comparison to the average ego. It's not giant. Mm -hmm. So I get very uncomfortable talking about stuff that involves me doing nice things for other people. Well, I you think know, you're, you it's understand. okay to be proud of where you're at now given the, in your mind, the humble beginnings, humble as far as your intentions. It's nice to know. It's good to know that, that uh, that's how you guys got to go. And, and, you know, it's good to know, too, you guys were really good friends first. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you guys were friends first. I, I, you know, I mean, as far as I knew, you guys met and, and had a common bond and started working together, which is kind of what happened, yeah. I guess. But I didn't realize that it had been a friendship, a good friendship first as opposed to a business relationship that really worked. And you guys became really good Don friends. Don is my oldest friend in the world. I mean, 
I haven't had a friend that I still hang out with that long. You know, yeah. you know, he moved to Michigan. He only lives a couple miles from me. That's <laughs> great. Know, so we still see each other aside from work, uh-huh. socially. Okay, there you have it. There is Jerry Chandler uh, talking about the origins of Synapse Films. There you go. If you ever wondered, it's about as straightforward as it gets to how it all went down. Now, again, I do have two other parts to this conversation that you will be hearing at some point here in the future. And I hope you enjoyed those as well. So... Next show, we should have, if all goes well, we should have the other co-owner of Synapse Films, Don May Jr. And I try to pick his brains a little bit about his expertise in this company and his role in it. And I look forward to bringing that to you. So no promises, but that is the plan. So next episode, hopefully we will have a conversation with Don May Jr. Again, thank you so much for listening. And please send an email if you have any questions pertaining to the podcast, as I said earlier in the show, tim at synapsefilms.com. Also wanted to remind everyone that Synapse Films, I will unfortunately will not be able to be there, but Jerry, I do believe Jerry Chandler and Don May will both be at Cinema Wasteland October 1st through 3rd at the Strongsville, Ohio Holiday Inn. Cinema Wasteland is always a great time, and Synapse Films is always there. So it's a great time. Come on out and say hello to Jerry and Don. I am very, very sorry I'm missing that. I've had some of my most enjoyable experiences at Cinema Wasteland. So go out and check that out and say hello to Don and Jerry. Tell them Timo sent you. Also, don't forget to pre-order those Demons and Demons 2 discs, Blu-ray and 4K both. The street date for that is October 19th. It was an honor and a pleasure to be your tour guide on this journey into all things Synapse Films. Until we meet again, be safe, be good to each other, and be right back here next time for the next episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Synapse Films Podcast. We couldn't be here without you, the fans. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for your continuing support of Synapse Films. I'm tired of being upset. Always want something to never get. Life, you,